Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, y'all. It's Vaughn Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. It's Monday. It's the morning commute. I'm kind of nursing a cold as I try to battle with Airborne and whatever else I could muster for the last several days and of course, I could not combat combat it, so I'm stuck with it for for a few days. Holidays are coming up, and of course, school will be done here pretty soon for a lot of our, a lot of our kids. I know both of my kids are done on Thursday, and my daughter my daughter had a program. I think it was Wednesday, I believe, and my son has his tomorrow Tuesday. So, I'm taking tomorrow off to uh, go take care of that. So, starting off, we got the Patriots and Steelers. Although, I don't really talk much NFL on here, but, you know, sometimes. All in all, it was a good game. I always find that the NFL probably for the last maybe 15 years maybe a little longer 16 to me it's always been glorified studio wrestling it just feels a lot that happens with the NFL is scripted and I think I think you know if you look at the XFL when it came out I feel they obviously took some things off the XFL and I think scripting, you know, I feel sometimes scripting football games is one of them. Because, you know, with the NFL, almost anything, it feels like it's, the ending is manufactured. Whether it's by referees or by players. And then you have, uh, You have a lot of storylines. I mean, there's been a ton of storylines this year with the NFL. Obviously, there's uh, for one thing at the anthem. You got the, you got the kneeling. That's that's the that's the hot topic. You got owners feuding with uh, Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell, Goodell, or how you pronounce it. Mainly Jerry. You have the you have the, you have the Jerry Jones Goodell feud going on. You had the owner of the Carolina Panthers now in some hot water because of uh, obviously some sexual harassment stuff. So he's selling the team. Bobby Nair and his, you know, what he, the stuff he said. You know, the Seattle Seahawks doing Seattle things. I mean, there's just lots of storylines. I mean, it's almost like each team has one. You know, you have, especially with Big Ben. You have the Big Ben, Antonio Brown, supposed supposed feud. You have that going. Ben's feud with Haley. You 
and it just uh, you know it's I mean it's been an entertaining year, year for NFL despite supposedly the ratings dropping. I mean I think you know if you if you look at this as a uh, as a show. It's been a pretty good season for the NFL. I mean, on the field, off the field, with, with the story, with all, with uh, what they've done, you know, storyline wise. And uh, this uh, was a this was a crazy game, and of course had a crazy ending, which you could which you could make up. Whereas the Steelers, you thought they were down, get to the goal line. Well, not so much the goal line, the ten yard line, pretty much. Score a touchdown. I think it's called back on a bogus role and there you got drama and if we're going by a script here I have a feeling that these two teams are going to meet again because they wouldn't do this without some drama and in the case of the Steelers I mean, you know, I went those. I went those steer games. I went to I moved. I went the steer games from almost every home game from probably about nineteen eighty nine to two thousand eight. And uh, the Steelers just have a history of losing the Patriots in heartbreaking situations. The uh, two thousand two AFC title game or two thousand one, which however you want to say it. Was a big heartbreaker, and that was a really good Steelers team. That defense that year was, oh man, it was physical, tough. I mean, they just beat the. I mean, the week before they just beat the crap out of uh, Baltimore. And uh, they, they came in obviously underdogs, and you thought the Steelers would take care of business, but. They struggled all game, and they made a lot of bad decisions—not so much bad decisions. Special teams were a killer. I guess they had a blocked, I guess a blocked field goal, I think, for a touchdown, a fake a punt return for a touchdown. Pretty much everything, you know. Steelers dug themselves in a hole. They were down twenty, I think twenty-four-three, I think is what it was. And they had they had two possessions to get back. You know they were down three, had two possessions to get it. You know the score and Cordell threw picks on both of them. And that game pretty much solidified you know the ending of Cordell Stewart in Pittsburgh. And it sucked because you thought that the guy was going to do, do you know he was out of his funk or whatever because. Lord knows they spent they put so much time in developing Cordell. They found you felt you think they had it right and it didn't work out. Because the next year he uh he had a hangover going to the next season and of course he lost his starting job to Tommy Maddox. But there was that. But let's look at two thousand four when uh Roethlisberger started. He played New England and they, they they beat New England. I mean, he had a really good game. At the time, Ben was still kind of unknown, so New England didn't have enough game film on him. So obviously, when they were going to meet a second time, which was the AFC title game, they had they had enough film on him that they they were able to beat us. 
and you knew that was going to happen. After you know, after that game when we won, you had a feeling we were going to f- face them again. And our offense was struggling. I remember down the stretch as well. But uh, this game sucked. Obviously, they'll you know, lose like that. But if they can get a team Brown healthy. They got other guys that can step up, and I think, you know, next game will be a little bit different, hopefully. Hopefully it's a more positive thing for the Steelers. They just got to avoid playing Jacksonville. But uh, until then, New England, New England owns the Steelers, and that's that. So we move on to Pitt. Pitt uh, just finished up. Well, I believe it was their non-conference slate. I, you know, I haven't looked at the schedule, but they played McNeese State on Saturday. Struggled early with the shooting. They were missing open shots, and then uh, second half they just took care of business. I mean, they just they just took they just tore the crap out of McNeese State in the second half, which is what needed to be done. And they did without Ryan Luther, which is even more. I mean, people. I mean. I'm sure people are uh, upset over Luther being injured. I am too. I mean, Luther Luther was doing really good up until until this uh, happens. I mean, he's gone for a few weeks, but he was playing pretty well. I mean, he's the leader of the team, and but uh, they picked it up. I mean, and obviously, other players that's. Our players who haven't really got much playing time, they've they they got you know thrown in the fire, and that's how it's going to be. But uh, it's good. I mean, it was encouraging the win itself. But ACC play is coming up, and they got to do something here. I'm not sure what they can do, but it's not going to be easy. I had the over under under for Pitt wins is ten, and I'm not sure they're going to make they're going to go over ten. And who knows? They might. Let's just hope they're trending upwards. Because uh, it'll be good for them. Of course, good for us. But of course. You know, the issue with it was attendance, obviously. Not a lot of people showed up to the game. and Attendance at Pit Hoops games is just going to be what it is. I mean, it's a shame. But when they, when they built the Pete, they were packing it. I mean, it was good. I mean, they had a really good program in place. It was a perfect storm at the time because uh, when Howland was there, I mean, 2000, 2000 2001. You know they they barely missed the they they barely missed the tournament, losing the Big East final. Next year they just kicked ass. Fitzgerald was packed, and then uh, the next year they opened the Pete. And I mean there was I mean pit basketball got so popular that you had a waiting list for uh, for tickets, which was absolutely phenomenal. To have, and I'm not sure there's a wait list. I'm not. I mean, I have to look. I'm not sure there's a wait list now. 
probably a lot of people didn't re-up the tickets, which is a shame. Because it's still a decent program, it's just, you know, it's in a bad patch right now. But, uh, moving on. Pit football. Obviously, you know, the Narduzzi extension happened. We had some more people leave the program. Well, actually, you know, we had a, two, we had a second quarterback leave. Tom McVitie left, which is odd because I, I released a podcast about it. And that day, it was I released it. <laughs> His dad unfollowed me on Twitter. I'm guessing he must have listened to it. And it was nothing bad about McVitie at all. Or McVitie or however you pronounce his name. I mean, anything bad about the kid. I think he's going to have a great career. I mean, he's still a long way to go. It's just, Kenny Pickett happened. But uh, Ben DiNucci left. Which uh, led to a... It was somewhat of a meltdown on Twitter. Because we had nobody to back up uh, Kenny Pickett. People started screaming because DiNucci left. Well, a few weeks ago, we couldn't wait for Danucci to leave Pitt. <laughs> we couldn't stand him because of how he was playing. And now he leaves, and we're like, what happened? Why did he leave? Well, he left. He's going to go somewhere else and move on. So, Pitt obviously got a quarterback in his to replace him by the name of Ricky Towns. Ricky was a former, uh, I think, four or five star quarterback. I mean, he was like uh, he was the same class as Sam Darnold, but he's been uh, he's bounced around several programs, and uh, you know he, he's a, he was in uh, he was a you know, junior college recently, and I saw. I mean, I watched his game film, and his game film isn't bad. His tape is pretty decent, and he. He's a similar. He's similar to Kenny Pickett, and you hope he picks up the offense like Kenny does. Because in case Kenny struggles or gets hurt, Ricky can come in and play. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean that was encouraging. And of course, Brian O'Neill is going pro, and which was which was obvious as well. O'Neal is a hell of a player and probably has a hell of a future. So, yeah, it sucked losing him too, but it is what it is. I mean, guys are going to go pro early, and I guess O'Neal has a good shot of you know, being drafted. And he's got some impressive game film. I mean, if, if not an offensive lineman, he could probably be a uh, tight end because he uh, obviously for his size got some wheels on him. course, one thing I forgot to mention as far as football goes, Shady McCoy grabs uh, 10,000 rushing yards 
as I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. He finally eclipsed it. And it's weird. I mean, the kid... It seems... It feels like yesterday... It was like yesterday where, that, where McCoy was at Pitt. And he was tearing up defenses. And I remember he uh, was he was splitting carries with uh, LaRoz Stevens initially. In the, I think at least first game of the season he was. And I remember watching him play in that game against Eastern Michigan. He just, he almost broke a few game, few, few runs. And you can see the rust was still, you know, was still on him. But then, uh, I just remember Eastern Michigan, not Eastern Michigan, but Michigan State, where he just blew that big run. And you knew right then and there that he made his introduction in the foot in the college football. I mean, he made his that was his introduction that day. We had no quarterback, but every t- but every time he got the ball in that game against Michigan State, you were just on your feet, on your tiptoes, wanting to see what he was going to do. Because despite having no quarterback, you knew with with, with McCoy. You knew that uh, you still had a chance because you had him, and you could just give him the ball and he would do something with it. That's what the, you know. That's one thing I uh, remember about him when he played at Pitt. And I thought he was gonna you know stay one more year after the Sumble fiasco, but he went pro, and I wasn't crazy about it, but. He ended up he ended up on the Eagles, which is which was a good thing because the Eagles were still a decent football team. He did he you know he ended up on some garbage uh, franchise at the Browns, so it worked out for him. And can you imagine if he'd have stayed one more year? You would have had a backfield of McCoy, Dylan Lewis, Ray Graham. You wouldn't even even have to throw the football at that point. <laughs> you could just give it give it to one give it to one one of them, and they would do something with it. But Pitt had a really good offensive line as well. I mean, one thing that Wanstead was doing at the time when he took over as coach was he said he, had, he had, one thing they had to do was rebuild the lines on both sides of the ball, which you know he he did. And, uh, you know, it's just shit with Dave. It's just a shame that uh, it had to end. You know, things just fell apart. But um, with McCoy going back to him, you know, I thought his um, you know, he's 
I thought things would end for McCoy when he went to Buffalo, and, and it, it hasn't. I mean, the guys are still running. And what the crazy part is, is he's still young. I mean, this is where, you know, he's, re- he's reached the age where running backs pretty much start to go downhill. But if you look at McCoy's stats, he hasn't had a lot of carries. You find that most running backs, they tend to break down when they had, when they had a year where they get the ball a lot. You know, uh, Larry Johnson was one. He had a one hit that big year with Kansas City, got a lot of carries. His body just broke down after that. And Arian Foster too. Arian Foster's a obviously a clear clear choice as well. Gary Kubek ran the heck out of him, and his body started to fall apart. But uh, you know, McCoy, he hasn't really had you know. He gets carries, but I mean, he, it's not like he's getting 30, 40 a game. And if he uh, keeps getting a thousand yard seasons, and he's keep you know at this at the pace he, he is. And if he can stay durable, you know, he may uh, he may move up further up that rushing chart. I mean, he's got. I mean, the guy he still can play. He's got the. One thing about McCoy is that he's got the burst. That burst is just amazing. Even the stone, the guy can burst. So as long as he keeps his, keeps his, keeps his, his cuts, his moves, his bursts, and stays healthy, he'll be good for a while. Oh, oh anyway, I'll stop babbling. Hell to pit. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.